everybody, and welcome to the Doomer Optimism Podcast. Um, I'm here today with Chelsea Norman and Willow, with no last name, and Willow Liana. <laughs> um, I'll let you guys just like briefly um, introduce yourselves so we, we know who you are, but um, basically we've uh, sort of become friends over the past, um, what, what's it been, a year and a half, something like that, um, and constantly having conversations about like family and womanhood, um, motherhood, and these kinds of questions. So I thought I would um, invite these two on to talk about these topics. Yeah, I'll, I'll let Chelsea go first. Hi, I'm Chelsea. Um, you may know me as Kitchen Marm on Twitter. Uh, I'm, I'd say, uh, I don't want to use the term homesteader. I, that term has a lot of connotations these days, but sure, homesteading light you know, modern homesteader uh, light in Southern New Hampshire. Um, I don't know, it's hard, it's really, I'm really bad at introductions, but uh, I feel like if you follow my account, you get a better idea of sort of what I'm all about. But I guess I'm, I'm really into cooking from scratch. I'm into what I like to call regenerative domesticity. Um, maybe that's just a fancy word for saying I'm a stay at home mom, but uh, you know, stay-at-home mom plus. I'll preface it that way. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I guess that's all. That's all this. That's that's who I am. That's good. Willow, you're up. Uh, yeah, hi. I'm I'm Willow. Um, I'm I guess uh, yeah, new new mother, and um, I, uh, I I'm not sure. I, I I write occasionally. I kind of like. Yeah, I've been thinking about this questions of like, you know, re regaining the like personal sphere and sort of uh, separating it out from the like, you know, like the political sphere and, you know, reinvesting in the real world. Um, yeah, I'm uh, happy, happy to be here, Ashley, and uh, excited, excited to see where you take things. Also, also not sure how to how to handle the introductions. But <laughs> I'm sure the, the podcast can speak for itself. Yeah. Um, okay, so so I guess I just want to start by, maybe we could, maybe, I don't even know if we should start by describing our own um, particular setups, or maybe we should just talk a little bit about, I, I said in our um, chat, I was thinking maybe we should, we should start sketching out a vision, like a, like a doomer optimist, an optimistic vision for like the family, um, domesticity, marriage, um, if I were to riff just to get started, I think um, for me, certainly the promise of um, whatever wave of feminism it was that determined everyone should be workers and liberation comes through like industrial work is, is doesn't seem like it's panning out well for people. Um, and then there's a couple other, I think, threads that I think the are doomer to me in terms of like marriage and relationships and that's um i think this idea that like um marriage or domesticity or parenthood is like a burden or a cage um that infinite flexibility is what we should be seeking um like non-commitment um and then i think for me uh the goal is to kind of explore like the meaning in commitment, but maybe without all of the baggage or like super um, 
super controlling of women aspects of trad of the past you know so i think like maybe it would be fun or the first step we could be um i think riffing on this possibility like what is a, what is this modern thing we're seeking it's certainly not totally like lib open to anything there's no tradition and or meaning or responsibility but maybe not all of the past <laughs> bringing back forward either so i wonder if you guys have thoughts on that um i guess i'll start if, um i like this term i just i feel like i came up with it uh, on Helen's podcast, actually, um, Regener Regenerative Domesticity, and it's riffing off of the title of a book by Shannon Hayes called Radical Domesticity. And in it, she dives into like the history of sort of the 1950s housewife to modern day um, and why, you know, why it has a bad connotation with the feminist movements um, and sort of when it started to change into what it is now, which is you know, isolated, very consumerist minded, very lacking, um, you know, not, that's not to say for everyone, but in, a, in how it's portrayed in mainstream culture, like, why don't you have a job? You're just sitting around all day. Like, it wasn't always like that. And so regenerating that, that's sort of my aim um, to bring it back. Uh, and that means moving away from the consumerist model, being more rooted in a place um, because like one, I always like, I, that's a really good book for any kind of person to read uh, who is trying to kind of make the transition from career oriented to home oriented and wants just something that isn't completely crunchy or completely like weird trad LARPy, like a more realistic. And she's, I think, based in Vermont and I don't even know what her politics are. She doesn't bring them up in the book. You know, I'm so, you know, it's a good, it's a good middle ground and it's a good, uh, you know, uh, objective view of it. Um, Anyhow, um, she talks about, like, how in the suburbs, like, a lot of your time is just spent, like, chauffeuring your kids around. So, like, even basic, like, mothering roles are outsourced. So it's very interesting. So I'm, I feel like uh, how we've crafted our life is really, I want to say in rejection, but yeah, just turning away from some of the, a lot of the ways that we were raised um, and just made a decision to live pretty rurally. Ashley's been to my place, um, our place and just sort of create a different slower pace of life than the one we grew up in where the expectation was you go to school you try to get into the best college possible and you're going to have like a career you know or, or i was told don't get married until you're 30 blah 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 so you know i wasn't actually too far off the so you know just sort of in reaction to that uh trying to be trying to craft a life very different from from like from that sort of upbringing yeah my uh sorry my my internet just cut out but i i can i can just jump in from from what from where where i've heard from but uh yeah i think that there's uh something in what chelsea's talking about which i've always sort of questioned which is like these i guess dogmas about like what your life is supposed to look like that are totally divorced from any um like intuitive sense of like what will make you happy or what will make you feel fulfilled um and it's so interesting because they're like so strongly ingrained and so I think in many cases deeply believed by people and yet it's like completely abstracted from their day-to-day -day life just like where do they like feel the happiest where do they feel the most um secure and kind of like grounded and fulfilled 
Um, and I think like kind of going back to what you were saying at the beginning there, Ashley, it's like, uh, I think it's not just the question that like marriage and motherhood is, are like burdens. I think, I think the problem really is that we've changed the framing to, to essentially uh, assume that like life should be free of burdens, um, which I just, I think is, is not correct and is like not the way to, to find like a meaningful uh, vocation or, um, or setup and and it's like this this i this idea that like the, the ultimate pursuit should be basically like r removing any any possibility for like permanent burdens um i'll be right back i have to get my baby and nurse no problem <laughs> um yeah so uh i think for me the other thing is okay so let's just like think through the messaging uh, luckily I this wasn't a super strong message from my parents growing up because I grew up with um a pretty working class um parents and they were they were basically like family is the most important thing you can do mm -hmm. in your life so thank thank god I had that upbringing because that really helped um when the time came to have a family but I I think like in general the message is something along the lines of um like like the career is the most fulfilling thing and important thing um, and like any burden you would have um, that has to do with the, the career is worthwhile. Those are like worthwhile burdens. Um, the other things like things that are happening in the in the domestic sphere are not worthwhile. Hi, baby. <laughs> oh, my gosh. She's so big. Uh, and they're like, like, so I think the, the, the one thing we should just get into a bit, because this this kind of this this idea for this podcast started um when we were going back and forth i think it was about that woman um who left her family was it that one um and oh, she, cheerio lady yeah i think it was about the cheerio, yeah, the cheerio lady and it was like she had domestic, her family over crushed cheerios yeah and she had like domestic labor already like uh like a live-in person i think or somebody who was like there a lot i don't think it was living yeah it was she had hired health oh really i didn't even i thought she just had like a cleaner that came okay yeah, and yeah, I think it was. I think I don't think it was living. I think it was she had like a, a kind of cleaner lady hand. Okay. And she was like, um, you know, basically like this, this whole thing is just such a burden. Like it's, it's horrible. And then I think she I don't know whether or not this is the case. But we talked about this a little bit Willow, like, the idea is that you are a girl boss, you don't like the idea that children should slow down your career is like, horrible um in this perspective and um and but then like what the unspoken part of that is that like you have to have um nannies <laughs> or daycare workers doing that that like domestic labor um what's nuanced here though i think and worth saying out loud is that like traditionally we would have a whole set of people helping us raise our kids so then i don't want to go too far in the other direction either and say like only women should be with their children at all time. Like I have childcare for my kids, a small amount. Um, and I think that's important to like, <laughs> it's important to their development to be around other adults, I think, in, in my opinion, but like, there's this very lacking nuanced discussion in one direction or the other, you know? Right. I mean, and I, I've had a postpartum doula and now I have a little help during the week. Um, just because it really and i'm saying it's it's very very hard to do it all especially like 
managing garden property, cook every meal from scratch. And I cook every meal from scratch. Um, Yeah. And this is sort of like we're talking about, you know, oh, kids hold you back in the modern context of no family around. They do in a way. I don't want to say they hold you back, but it feel it can feel like a burden because you're always on. You never, you like, you never have a break unless you can get some help that isn't family. So, you know, it feels for some women, I could see why they say it feels like a prison because it's like you can't, you know, you can't leave home. It's very hard to leave home, especially if you have more than one. You're on call 24 7. You know, you try to maybe do an enriching project since you're always getting interrupted. So, you know, like, I understand that sentiment and it's not divorce it's not it's not divorced from the situation that many of us are in which is no family around to help or very little help and so yeah it feels like i can feel isolating it can just feel like it weighs you down um especially yeah. in the early years so you I know like, they, I try like... To have, i try to have sympathy for the perspective like you know i feel like i've bashed more on girl bosses in the past but like i try to have sympathy because we are living in strange times and you know, there's so many women, 30 plus, who will not get married or they might have missed the boat. And so, you know, like I just now I'm in like, I feel like I'm less angry, less kind of like wah about it. And I'm just more trying to understand and be empathetic uh, and maybe help guide younger people towards better decision making. Because in mm-hmm. a lot of ways, I feel like I got lucky, like meeting my husband, you know, like. I've met him through the end of my last semester of college, through my network of friends, like, you know, pretty normal way to meet a husband. But, um, you know, a lot of women weren't so lucky. uh, And, you know, like I said, might have missed the boat on that. Um, So in -hmm. some ways, my life would be very different if I didn't meet my husband. I mean, it would be completely different. So, you know, I, I think also my situation has to do with luck and timing and all of that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's I think it's good to have some humility on that point. Definitely. Um, I I also think that like the you know the way the, the I guess the precursor to like seeing family as this like insanely confining and like you know like burdensome thing is is like the you know the the degradation of the home and. And the like, you know, it's like, the, I think this was largely caused by the industrial revolution where it's like, you know, men left the home, um, women basically uh, were, were were stuck home for a while um, and were basically left alone. And then like, as 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 the, the economy was moved away from the household and the home, um, then it became, it didn't become like a center of community. It's like everything became basically monetize it was like if you if you want help it's no longer you no longer have the the family support around you have to um you have to have like like basically hired help and it's like yeah that that starts to feel kind of confining especially for like most people who can't uh can't afford that kind of thing um and it's like yeah it it sucks if you have to um you know it's like the the cost of having a family uh ends up being you know like putting your, putting your kid in daycare and like state sponsored daycare at three months and, um, both going to work your like, um, shitty soul crushing jobs. <laughs> um, it's like, if that's what having a family looks like, it's like, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty rough. And uh, I mean, that, that's a situation more for the, for the lower class, I think. And then, 
uh, I, I know that there's like, as Ashley and I have discussed before, like there's like a large subset of like kind of like upper class, upper middle class who are just like, they, they can't afford to stay home with their kids and they choose to do the like, you know, high powered career thing, um, which is like a whole, which is actually something I have pretty little sympathy for, I have to say. Yeah, um, I, yeah. <laughs> it actually is pretty important to separate out these class issues because I think like there is a subset of women and I think these are the people writing Atlantic articles, which is why we yeah. like attack them because they are like literally setting the debate about this topic of like, oh my gosh, my my marriage was suffocating me. And then like everyone reads that. And like, I mean, I, I somebody was telling me on Twitter like that they knew people in their lives who left their husband and like went to India because of the book and movie Eat, Pray, Love. Like these yeah. people- oh, That's awful. These people actually get influenced. They actually influence like the what people think they should be striving for. And then, then like what ends up happening is that because of that influence, then we have a whole other subset of issues where working class women put their kids in daycare to watch rich women's children while they're in an office or like working some girl boss job. And it's like, there's definitely a, a class bifurcation. And whenever we talk about these things, people are like, well, a lot of working class women don't have a choice. And I'm like, yeah, because this whole system got set up from the like elites down to, yeah. to make it that way and to make it totally desirable yeah i mean yeah. i feel like it's honestly like a it's all this has come up in the homestead debate online there was you know there's always a bunch of like instagram sort of fluffy videos of like this is why we homestead and why that word is getting bad connotations and it's like some very wealthy sort of acreage and a woman putting like goats in her you know thousand dollar kitchen sink things like that a little absurd but um you know, like in some ways, like it is a luxury to be able to just like have your own land and garden and do basic things like that because of especially now with the price of real estate and, you know, inflation looming. So it is kind of crazy that living like more basically off of one income has become sort of a, a luxury status symbol. Yeah. Um, I think that's pretty think bizarre. I think it's important though not to like you know like the, the reaction against it I, I understand and i understand the adoption is kind of annoying but um i think it's important not to like write, write it off because of that which i think some people do which is like you know this 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 used to be like this is <laughs> this is what was taken from people you know it's like this used to be the the thing that basically was people's inheritance it was like you you know you were born and you basically usually inherited a farm or like a small you know, plot. And um, that was like a large proportion of the like American um, and, you know, I think to, to some degree also like Canadian stock, it's like most places you had to be growing, like, you know, you had to be growing food. We didn't have this like industrialized um, like machine, <laughs> machine agriculture economy. And uh, yeah, it's like, don't like, I understand the reaction against it, but I also think that it's important to like try and stay true to the course that you think is correct. And I do think that um, like just the, 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 the skills are just objectively uh, objectively essential like for, for society. And they're, they're essential to not just be, um, you know, held by a few people. They're essential to be like slowly, um, you know, de decentralized and brought back to like a, a larger number of people. Yeah, and you know what? I, I also think like 
not just homesteading, but the relationships in the home, like your relationship yeah. with your children is sacred. I mean, yeah, not even like a, a particularly very strong religious person, but like it is a sacred relationship and you can, you know that it yeah. is when you have a baby, like it really yeah. you can't like deny that fact. So then I think this gets into the debate of like, um, you know, what is meaningful for people? Like what is, yeah. what do we value? And I think like anyone who has, you know, who has ever had a kid knows like how important that relationship is. And I think part of the optimism for me is like reinvigorating that, you know, yeah. that like um, the, or, or grab a hat. okay, at least saying out loud, like, um, you know, that this, it's okay to center these relationships. It's okay yeah. to center parenting. Like, it's not drudgery, it's not backwards. And I remember like talking with um, Joe and Chelsea when I went to visit them and, and Joe was like, yeah, I think a lot of people say stuff to Chelsea, like you're only a housewife, like only. Um, as if yeah. that's not like such an important and meaningful, <laughs> like. Yeah, job. well, it, it's funny, right? Because because it, like the, the situation we're living in now is that people assume the default is that you buy everything from the grocery store. And so it really does, like, it does feel like, and in some ways it kind of is like a, a like luxury item to be able to stay home. Like we we're saying to stay home and, um, and, you know, like prepare things yourself. And it's like, but the thing is that the, the like learning and execution of those skills is something that's going to put you in a place where you're just more capable of fending for yourself and more like competent. And plus you're like living healthier in the moment. Right. Um, but I don't know. It's like, I think that there's going to be come a time when those, those skills are going to be indispensable. Yeah. Um, I and, I think, and I think, I think now is the time to be, to be building them. Um, but I think, I think like, I, I will just say like one, one thing that I think would kind of like one of the central questions, maybe, maybe two central questions to me around this are like, um, <laughs> yes. Uh, I think one of the, one of the biggest questions that has like motivated my thinking about this is, like, how do you have a, um, a society where women are able to stay home with their children um, and have that staying home with children be like fulfilling and meaningful and balance it with other things and have it not be basically this confining and drudgery thing. And I think that part of this is that um, the purpose of your life has been so consumed or the narrative for the purpose of your life has been so consumed by the like individualist narrative like individualist ideology that um it's really hard for people to understand how to incorporate their kids into their life purpose and so it ends up being that you have like your children which are this like like auxiliary consumer item which are basically like like you have to cart them around to dance classes and you have to like buy them things. And it's like, you have to buy them childcare and you have to like, you know, basically like, like move this thing around from place to place so that you can do other things. Yeah, um, mom. yeah, yeah mom and it's like, her. exactly. And it's like, people have really lost the idea of how to have their kids like, you know, meaningfully and substantially part of their lives. And I think part of this is that nobody feels like they can make any, like they have any purchase to, um, <laughs> to like ask anything of each other. They don't think that they can basically make demands of each other or like, you know, I, I think to some degree, it's like the fact that I have, you know, a daughter and that she is going to be, you know, cared for by me for like a lot, like a long time. It's like that comes with some responsibility of her 
and some responsibility of like there's like a there's a dual responsibility for us to care for one another to like help like for me to help her set her up to live live her life in the most fulfilling way to teach her what I know and for her in turn to like care for me and to some degree I think continue out like my you know work in the world and I think that can be very controversial for people because they're like oh you know you can't like tell your kids what to do and I think it's not so much like that is like you know there's like the tiger mom sort of like like oh you have must become a doctor or lawyer because this is like the high status thing to do in society to be successful but um but to some degree you do need to be able to like convey to your children why what you are doing is important and have them like believe that intrinsically and believe that it is their you know duty to the world and to you to like carry that work out in some form and i don't think it has to be like doing exactly what you were doing but i do think that this like continuity of um like continuity of like message and self is really critical to um to uh keep like to, to basically keep the family unit like like float afloat right it's like otherwise yeah. it just fall otherwise it just falls apart and I'm that's gonna have something to go for that it. a lot of the boomers drop the ball on. Sorry, go ahead, Chelsea. Oh, I was just saying the continuity part, tradition, sort of, you know, imparting onto your children, like why it is we do this. You know, um, the boomers in large have like a lot of, have, have existential, like a deep existential crisis with a lot of these things because many rejected religion. Um, so, you know, I feel like that's, a lot of what's missing is it wasn't necessarily that's what comes up a lot in critique of the boomers it's not necessarily how they were how they raised you and in some cases it is but it's more that it was very devoid of like message purpose other than like you need to get a certain job and it was like that it was never like why why do i need to go to college why do i need to do this yep. why do i need to put off marriage until 30 and the only thing, if you scratch a little deeper, was, like, so you can, like, have fun and, like, do the things that I couldn't do. Like, so, I don't know. I felt like, you know, it's, uh, that was sort of the messaging I received anyways. You know, I know I know some people have different experiences. But, um, so, yeah, Willow's absolutely right. And, again, I'm going to bring it back to the regenerative domesticity. A lot of the art of it, a lot of the meaning and the purpose has been lost and and like soil or land you need to regenerate it doesn't happen overnight and so a lot of like so bring it to the vision of the future like a lot of what we're doing now is more selfless like we won't really see the returns so we have grandchildren so our kids are grown and that i think is a hard pill for some women who are on the fence about having kids to swallow especially without extended family around to help it's like yeah you're gonna you're gonna toil in some sense, especially when the kids are young. Maybe you don't plan to send them to school. Oh, hey, sweetie. Hey, um, but you know, it's it's not something that has an immediate reward. You know, it's it's a couple generations out. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think like, okay, so this metaphor is so useful because I think. Uh, like, okay, well, at least in my experience, like I look, well, I studied sociology of education for a little bit before um, 
you know, as adjacent to my study of um, environmental issues. And I'm just learning about like tra trajectory of education and like how many kids are on, um, on like, you know, pills for ADHD or whatever. And the idea for the mainstream way of doing things starts so early. I babysat for these very wealthy families before I had my family. And that was such a good thing for me because I got to see what I don't want to do. And um, one of the things was like, as soon as they're born, they're on a waiting list for like this fancy preschool. And I'm uh -huh. like, what is that? Like, this is the goal. This is what we should be striving for to be like these people. Like, no, this does like everything about this is about status. Like as soon as they're born, it's about status. And it's about um, fitting into a mold that has to be exactly this thing from the moment you are born, literally. I mean, to, to the fancy preschool that sets your trajectory um, and I just think like, and then to be able to, to fulfill that trajectory, um, you need to, um, you know, like basically force the kid's psychology to fit in this particular thing and a, a lot of negative impacts coming from that. And so I just think like, there's this breaking point, like there's just, we can't go forward with this direction anymore. It keeps accelerating. Like the idea with the baby boomers too is like, um, yeah, just, um, you should have a better life than I had, but like there's no understanding like qualitatively what that means like meet is it more meaningful or is it just like make more money and consume more or something um or have a more prestigious job or whatever and so i think for me thinking about okay well, all right this, this is at a breaking point i don't want this anymore like i totally reject this paradigm like i, I don't want to be i don't want to have a baby and put them in daycare and then yeah. go go like make money so so then you have to work toward um, rebuilding and the rebuilding process is so slow. And I think a lot of people who are like, who like shit on trad stuff or homestead stuff are like, yeah, well, it's really hard or, you know, have all these things, but it's like, it's the big picture thing is you're trying to recreate something that's been lost over at least a generation, yeah. not more, you know? Yeah. It's going to look LARPy. <laughs> yeah. And it does. And you're like, and I think a lot of people, the critique is like a cultural one, like, look at you trying to return to the past like haha you're so silly what other options are there you know well i, I mean it's like you're like yeah I'm trying, to, I'm, I'm trying to return to the past that's why i'm like you know like on social media and <laughs> posting about it online you know that's what that looks like yeah there's there's no returning i mean you got to like that's why neo homesteading you have to sort of make the best with what you have you know why our life style is such you know my husband works remotely we moved to a rural area particularly our road because it has broadband and so that allows us to yeah. live like this but yeah i'm there are some more extreme you know luddite leading folks that we both know but uh <laughs> i like having power and i like having a gas range stove so you know like i'm not going to return that i'm not going to return that far i'm going to take yeah. some of the more wholesome aspects of domestic life you know, from the past and fuse them with, you know, the helpful things of the now. One of the things I think that is important um, on the question of like, I guess, regenerative domesticity is, um, I, I like this, I like this term, Chelsea, it's very good. I love it. Um, is, I think, like you were, you were talking earlier, Ashley, about like, it's not drudgery, you know? Um, I think, that's true, but to some degree, we need to like reinvigorate people's ability to 
do mundane work and have it feel meaningful because like the truth is day to day it's not like electrifying <laughs> um at least not most of the time and it's like you there's this really pervasive feeling like you deserve to be like constantly in this state of like like totally like energized and like a like you know like this this like hyper stimulated um in your like, 20s thing. it and feels it, like that more I think right like you can see yeah. that one though like but you know I mean I, have, I don't city know for the thrills and stuff I mean I'm just laughing at it now because I'm like to me like a boring and uneventful day is actually like a really good day yeah I think and you know when I when I met my husband he would like always say like I can't wait to do like like mundane stuff with you and I was like what are you why <laughs> what are you talking about but I think that there's like um I think that there's actually been this like really sort of profound um like devaluation in the like collective I don't know metaphysics or something of like the the work that it takes to keep life going which is why we see it like outsourced to um like underpaid migrant labor right it's like it's it's actually like the cost of our life on earth is immense and like it takes an immense amount of work and to a large degree we have outsourced that to like machines and like poor latino women right um and and that is i'm like okay <laughs> Like I've thought about this many times. It's like, is it possible to have like a mass entrance of women into the workforce without outsourcing all the labor that it takes to keep life going to basically like robots and um, underpaid migrant workers? And I don't know if it is. Um, and and I mean, like I don't know. There's there's the question of like, you know, people people probably listening to this who maybe don't agree would probably be like, oh, you know, but people should have the option of doing what they of what they choose and what they want. And I definitely think that, you know, self-determination and being able to like have your own space to be like, this is me, this is my mark on the world. I am like a unique individual and I can't just be doing like the rote thing everyone is doing, which, you know, can be seen through the lens of being a stay-at-home mom or can be seen through the lens of like an email careerist who like, you know, sends marketing emails all day. Um, and I think that like being an individual and uh, like figuring out how to make your unique mark on the world is critical. Um, yet at the same time, it's like if like what it actually looks like for like anyone to be able to choose what they want, it's like there is no society without like implicit pressures on like what you should be doing. Yeah. And it turns out that, you know, trying to liberate women from like having to be stay at home moms looks like basically you not having that option, right? It's like for many women, it's literally not an option because they cannot afford to not be working. Um, and it's like, it's not like, you know, like we were saying, like it's for most women, it's not glamorous. Like, like I'm finding this like cool career. It's like, I'm, you know, working at McDonald's or like night shifts at Amazon. And then I'm coming home to my like babies. And like, I don't know how, I, don't, I really don't know how people do it. Um, and so I think that on a lot of, like a lot of these questions come back to like, can we make it feasible economically for women to stay at home with their children? And um, like not obligatory, <laughs> but, but I think that you have to create some space where it is like economically feasible for women to stay home with their children. Because if you don't have that, you're basically gonna get what, what this looks like. And, and part of that is not just economic, but I think a part of that is having, giving women the like 
and, and it's, it's not so simple as like giving women the community support they need, but it's like that needs to be rebuilt. And that is like an enormous project because it's been devastated. Like it, like, like it is much easier to, to like decimate and basically like make a desert of, of what once was like a rich community life than it is to rebuild that. Um, and that is like, that is the work that has to be done. And yeah. if it doesn't get done, like, we're just not, like, we're just not going to have the things we want. <laughs> I can totally stand millennials because, like, I think, uh, well, at least the ones that I know who are doing this stuff, like, who are just trying so hard to, like, take the responsibility of parenthood seriously and build community connections and all of this stuff. And, like, despite all of the challenges, just, like, soldiering ahead and being like, I don't care. This is what I value. I'm doing it. I, like, I stand that so much because I think it's really it's really tough to swim against the tide and to sort of be alone with this goal. And even among some of your peers, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and then being like, you know what, even if I can't get help in my kid's young age, like I'll be a, a committed grandparent and I'll like help rebuild that yeah. like intergenerational capacity. Yeah. I'll tell you what, having, you know, Ashley, you have three children. So as you know, having two under two as well, like it really uh, puts your marriage through a stress test because there's like, starting to lessen up but for the first few months there is no time for us to spend together and the like maybe the hour or so we we get i'm like usually exhausted so you know like it's really it's maybe not everyone's because we have we haven't really touched on the marriage aspect um of yeah. what we had hoped to so far but you know it, it can be really tough on a young marriage to just like have kids have more than one kid really soon like we did um and so it's not doesn't maybe doesn't live up to some, especially millennials expectations of what a marriage is. Never mind marriage, you know, for like a lot of millennials, I don't know like what the percentages are that are unmarried. Like, you know, there's people well into their thirties who have really unrealistic expectations for just like a boyfriend or a girlfriend. So <laughs> if they even take it to marriage, I wanted to just uh, go back to um, Willow's comments on individualism. I was thinking too, that, you know, like it's very trendy, be green, sustainable. Well, okay, like doing this sort of atomized urban career self-focused thing is not only like material, materially like not sustainable, it's like spiritually unsustainable. And we're seeing, mm -hmm. you know, the effects of that now. Um, yeah. And like a lot of people waking up and being like, well, why, you know, like, why does this feel so hollow? And like, how can I get out of this? Yeah, I think it's definitely true. And uh, the other, I, I'd like to, to touch a little bit on marriage and like dating. And I think a lot of like the really simplistic view of um, people who are, I don't know if, I don't even know if, uh, all of us would call ourselves trad or not. I'm just like, I'm like, I'm like post-liberal, whatever that is. Like, cause I just reject the, the, this mainstream like idea of what we should be doing. But I think like, okay. So in terms of marriage and relationships though, um, I think a lot of people who want to like caricature trad things are saying, say something along the lines of like, you know, who wants to go back to like being a property <laughs> of a man and this kind of thing. So I wonder, I don't know, do you have thoughts on dating, marriage, like the role of the the man in the relationship? Like for, well, I, I could just start by saying like, um, we've brought a lot of our work into the home even early on in the relationship and work remotely when possible. I was like a grad student for early 
um, having kids and um, Patrick was too. And it, it was really nice, like just both being home and sharing that burden um, mm -hmm. of childcare and like domestic labor. And it wasn't like from a, like Patrick wasn't, Patrick was definitely the not like, I'm doing this because I'm a male feminist or something like that. It was just like obvious that that's what needed to be done for things yeah. to be smoother. So well, it wasn't ideological, but it, it worked yeah, out. I think I think that there's a sense in which like your ultimate um, <laughs> like opinions on things don't matter or you know shouldn't come in the way when when it comes to like what needs to be done in the moment um, and it's like I you know when my husband and I first kind of like were were living together before we got married you know like I was his carpentry apprentice and um, he took two months off when we had our baby because we like timed it so that we it could be in the winter and that it's like a it's a time of year that he actually is able to have some time off so um you know we were really 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 lucky that our setup afforded that um I think that yeah like Ashley sorry Chelsea just stepped away for a second Ashley was asking like like about marriage and like the kind of man's role in the relationship and um I don't know I'm I'm not like I, I'm not super ideological about this I think that obviously there's a degree to which like it just makes sense that like I you know have a small baby I cannot be it cannot be working right now um and and like Phil's work like can sustain us and um and so yeah it's hold on he's actually just getting home so I've got to go for me, um you know like we are a single income house we have been for a while before we had a baby so there are some things that are relegated to me. My husband's extremely helpful on all fronts, uh, you know, but there are some spheres, like I do the meal planning, I do the cooking, Joe can help, you know, he does help when he's able to, but, and, you know, in terms of like guiding the rhythm of the babies in the children's day, you know, that's up to me to sort of design. He leaves it up to me. And I'm not like he's reading them. He does, he, like I said, contributes a lot. But in terms of those things do fall on me and I don't mind having sort of clear zones like, you know, he can't do it all. It'd be kind of absurd for him to do all the things that I do and be bringing in income full time. So. Um, so, yeah, I mean, domestic matters do fall to me and I, I don't mind. And maybe that's the trad part of how we're living. But I, I don't really mind that. It makes it makes sense. You know, I don't yeah. I'm not bringing in income right now, so I need to manage the home and the children and the food yeah. and I'm very happy with that arrangement. Chelsea, Sorry I, for the noise. No, it's okay. I'm only, well, first of all, I just have to comment that it's, I like, I love that we're saying like, we, we need to bring the domestic sphere home and I'm hearing so many like domestic sphere noises, babies and husbands and such. Chickens. Chickens. Yeah. yeah. But also Chelsea, I, I like, I know probably there's, there's more than this, but Joe's been tweeting his chicken thoughts on Twitter. He does, do, <laughs> does do the chicken work, it seems yes, like. Yes, he, he does, outdoor, yeah. Outdoor homestead work, even while still um, bringing in an income. Yes. He, so, um, yeah, he does He does that. I mean, because it would be, like, the babies are young, and so they won't always be this young, and it will be easier for me to move into, like, more animal chores. You know, some women do it with young babies, but for right now, like, you know, I have, like, a not really almost verbal almost two year old and a four and a half month old. So it's just, 
you know, unless I do it at night when they're asleep, it's a little hard. Joe also yeah. enjoys managing animals. He can't wait to get more animals. We're just yeah. doing it slowly so we don't, you know, run ourselves too thin. Yeah, um, and, well, I, like what I would point out, well, at least with our setup is Patrick does a lot of the the outdoor stuff. I do like a, a decent amount of the indoor stuff. We both have online work. So we like balance our schedules with that. Now the kids are getting a little older. So there really does open up like some possibility when they get a little older. Um, but I think, I don't know, like just to combat the, the more caricature trad narratives about like what we're actually doing <laughs> with our days is that like, it actually is quite flexible and thoughtful and just like, I think without judging other people, it's just balancing what works with your family. But I think for me, the guiding values are like to spend time with my family to the extent possible. Um, and and like raising my kids and having a healthy marriage being like the primary goal and that other stuff is secondary. Mm -hmm. And then that determines like sort of how you balance things in some ways. Like my well, career is not first, not, it's not the other way around. Yeah. Right. I and like, you know, for me to have like a healthy family, you know, I'm very into food. So that means having decent meals uh, that are, you know, nutritionally dense and spending time to do that. Like one thing I recently got into uh, is I, I'm buying, I gave up white flour for Lent. So I'm buying, uh, you know, wheat berries. They also store, they're also a good for the value and they store for years. So it's a good sort of um, reserve to have, especially with grain, you know, things going on externally and globally, grain prices may take a hit. So we stocked up on those. So I'm, I'm grinding my own grains, you know, at night and making my own bread with it, uh, the next day. And so that's, yeah. that's kind of cool and maybe a little old timey, but very enjoyable. I want to just say something about the, the Chelsea's Chelsea's stuff that she does, and I'm sure you do this too, Willow, but I, like, I, I, I'm I, like, I stand this approach so much because I probably I don't. I, I'm constantly talking about like, I think there is something like psychologically deeply important and healthy and meditative and like um, beneficial about the act of production like this, like creating something with your hands. And I think it's absolutely laughed at and it's so silly that it is. And people will literally have like an office job and then go to therapy to try to get something like the therapy. Oh yeah. The act of production. And I just like yeah. I just point that out that I think it's actually pretty essential, like both the act of production in the home, the homestead, and also um, with your children, like the act of, of raising yeah. them as, as like, you know, the ultimate creative act. Sorry, Willow, go ahead. Yeah, I think um, man, I have like a bunch of things to say, but one of this, like, I just, I keep, I keep like bringing home this point of the devaluation of labor, but like, I really think that, um, and I don't know, like, I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Hannah Arendt, but she has a really good book called uh, The Human Condition in which she um, distinguishes between work and labor, work being something that essentially like produces an object that is like has permanence where labor is basically the like continually renewable like function of life um and it's like yeah like food and like keeping house and like literally giving birth and making babies um it's like these these things i think because they don't i mean obviously except for the like making babies um but but they are like in, like in part of life right it's like the upkeep of life doesn't um have a like 
end product except for the like continuation of life itself and you can do that to like a higher or lower quality um but it's it's continuously necessary like it doesn't needed and it's like i think that people have been memed into this idea that the only thing valuable is like something that produces like a product like money or um or you know like a physical good um and i think those things are important um but it's like the the like continuation of the self and the like continuation of like the project of life which requires like doing the dishes and uh, like all this stuff like like I have this great there's this great quote from like a tea towel from like a craft fair that I got one time that said everyone wants to change the world nobody wants to do the dishes and I think this is like a very like like profound statement which is like there is work that needs to be done that is like not exciting not um like it doesn't feel like revolutionary but like it just has to be done and and i think coming back to the question of marriage it's like like you know people can get really caught up in these ideas of like oh like what like what the man's role is and what the woman's role is and those things like will naturally delineate because like the girl's going to be having babies obviously if you have kids but like that's like you know there's natural inclinations and then there's also just like the like biological reality of like you're, you're going to be having babies right and so those like things like will fall into place and i think that like people maybe spend too much time sweating it but you know in the end um like you just have to do the work and it's like whatever work there is to be done and obviously you can have you can have problems where like people aren't pulling their their weight but like if you are like committed together in marriage of just like making your life project work and you're both like all in then you know you do the work that needs to be done in the moment, right? And if you can do that with like grace and with like good faith and, you know, a positive attitude as much as possible, you're going to be way better off. Like I heard a story recently of somebody who's like, who's like, you know, his wife had had like a new baby and was basically like not doing housework because he was like, oh, like guys don't do that. And it was like, are you like, like, what are like, like, are you insane? Like, what are you, like, what are you doing? It's like, it's not like, it's like, oh, he couldn't because he was like, like had to work a ton it was like he was just like that's not my role and you're like you know politely fuck off like please <laughs> please do your share right yeah, it's yeah. like it's like it's like you know you're like rocking a crying baby and your husband's like well i'm not going to do the dishes because that's my job <laughs> you're like okay <laughs> you know there's like there's like toxic attitudes from both from from you know both sides of the like kind of meme meme spectrum but um but yeah it's like the you are like committing your life to another person and you are committing your life to like a project of of like raising a family and like creating your piece of the world that will like continue beyond you um and yeah it's just you just do what has to be done yeah totally um i'm reminded so i interviewed nina power recently i don't know if you guys follow her at all but she wrote this book called what do men want Mm -hmm. um and i just pulled it up the last part she's basically saying like we need a reconciliation between the sexes like there's just like so much <laughs> unhealthy relationship between the sexes like between men and women yeah. toward, toward the opposite sex especially in like these some some extreme like mean there are little subcultures like you know like men's rights subcultures type um things and and women hating men too like i know a lot of I know a lot of millennial women who are like upper middle class who treat their husbands like shit and they think that's like feminism. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know this type, but they're like, they're like just bossing them around constantly and like putting them down. Oh yeah. And I'm just like, 
like there has got we have got to do i mean we can get into this with marriage more but there has got to be like a, a better culture of mutual respect of everybody involved and i just feel like the some of the things we're advocating people are like that's so trad it's like just respecting other people why do i even need to say this out loud um but i just wanted to highlight the last part of nina's book um because i it, when i interviewed her half the interview got cut off um so i want to read it now um, so it says, we, we would do well to revisit old values and virtues, honor, loyalty, courage, in the name of reconciliation. The games we play as men and women separately and together are cosmic, and all of our lives are meaningful, even when they seem bleak and sad. To imagine mm -hmm. that men and women can be better and are fated most wonderfully to sometimes be together is in the end to respect the strange marvel of human existence as a whole. And I just like think like the complementarity of men and women and like, respecting difference respecting heterogeneity but then like i don't know it's just like all of it is one big complex mess and i think if you go into yeah. like older values um and older virtues like it helps guide those relationships to yeah I, different ways. I think these problem like i think there is a societal fracture between the sexes that has to be worked out to, to some degree on like a mimetic and kind of ideological level but I think it also has to be worked out in like relationships it, it's like it has to be it has to be the like um you know work of good marriages and good friendships and um like role modeling those for people around you um I think that that is like yeah I think that probably a lot of the I don't know a lot of the problems we're seeing to some degree resulted from a like breakdown in in personal relationships on mass i totally agree chelsea um yeah i feel like you know i've been with my husband for six years and i feel like i've matured a lot in terms of like how um how to respect men in a different way especially when because I've had to like adjust sort of, I feel like the egalitarian outlook where like men and women are equal is what causes a lot of the tension. Um, because there's, yeah, not, I, there's not respect for individual like differences between the sexes. And then when it comes to income, I'm bringing it back to your, you know, upper middle class archetype of the woman always like bitching at the husband. And I'm assuming she, she probably works. So there's like a lot of resentment because you have two people yeah. working full time you come home and then who's going to do the dishes there's like you know it's kind of yeah. it's a little bit of a nightmare in that in that scenario um so like a lot of resentment builds up and i'm and resentment builds up in other ways but um i guess i feel like as what willow's saying it's like the work for me has is just it's done in the relationship with my husband and mm -hmm. you know, i feel like it's always there's always work to be done and communicating um we're both kind of like hotheads you know so yeah. uh you know in some ways you know it's fire with fire the tension you know we, we amp each other up but it's more it's usually just we need to communicate a little bit better and things work out yeah i have uh on the, on the question of like both people are working and then like you get home and argue about who who's going to do the dishes um i, I there's it reminds me of a really good dishes always the dishes. yeah well it really reminds it reminds me of a um wendell very quote who I think has like probably informed or at least like uh like uh, I don't know reinforced um my my views on these topics but uh it says marriage has now taken the form of divorce a prolonged and impassioned negotiation as to how things shall be divided 
Um, and I think that this is like one of the like <laughs> really key things as to like, yeah, that's, that's definitely happening. And it's like, if your, if your marriage basically looks like, um, looks like you constantly trying to be like, well, who's going to do this? Who's going to do this? Who's going to do this? Right. It's like, uh, I remember when I, when I started, like when I started um, dating my husband, there was just a huge relief because I realized the degree to which I had been like, there had been this real, really deep anxiety of like, what role was I in, in previous relationships? And it was like, I didn't realize how much like mental unrest and anxiety this was causing. But, um, and you know, it was like, it's not like, not even a question of like, was I work, like, like, was I working? But like, we kind of just easily fell into these sort of, you know, not strictly defined, like not strictly barriered, but like sort of naturally assumed roles where like, you know, my husband is an excellent cook, but I do like basically almost all the cooking. Like, and sometimes he cooks and he's like, this is awesome. And he's like, man, I, 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 I like cooking once in a while because it's like a, a nice thing. But like, we, we just, I don't, and I'm not sure how to talk about this. I feel like I've had more eloquent thoughts on it in the past, but like, we've just fallen into this like really, sort of natural division where it's like some of it is necessity based but a lot of it is like what are we naturally inclined to do and what sort of just um just makes sense and there's so much more like gratefulness that comes from that because you can kind of like settle into a rhythm you're not constantly negotiating there's so much energy that goes to like the constant negotiation of like who's going to do this who's going to do that um and it, i think really uh i think it like um, promotes an attitude of like gratefulness to the other person um, rather than rather than like resentment because you're like oh wow like it's so like so wonderful that you're doing these things for me you know and I guess on the other hand it can it can like some people can probably just take it for come to take the other person for granted if you never have to do the dishes you never have to do this right yes. you're like you're like oh well you know she just does that and I think that you know like I my, my, my take is basically that like you know, if you're a guy and you like literally don't know how to cook or wash the dishes, it's like you're you're missing the point, right? It's like if you're like if like a literally a woman has done this for you your whole life, it's like you probably should get your act together a little bit because that's just like an important never, life skill. Yes, like who have never yeah. changed a diaper? Like I've never changed a diaper in my life. I'm like proud of yeah. it. <laughs> like why? And you're like, <laughs> and you're like, yeah, it's awful. Um, but I you know there's there's like worse instantiations of both of these things and i mean like i think a lot of the problems come from people just like taking the like their like idea of what gender roles should look like and then like applying it onto their marriage rather than being like responsive into the mo in the moment of like what you need what the other person needs what your natural inclinations are towards um and i think it's like yeah like i've i don't know i i really don't know how to articulate like how good it felt to like no longer like okay this is a big thing to not have to worry about income is like this relief on my mind that i do not know how to describe it's like i think this causes so much anxiety um because like you you're just like and i i don't know i think i think it's probably like causes um like a unique <laughs> anxiety in women to basically be like what like what like you know like what do I have to do to take you care of myself? And you have to take care of so many things. Yeah. yeah, you don't have any security. And it's like, and it's like the amount of, I mean, if we're talking about like finding fulfillment, not just in, you know, in like care, like childcare and like keeping house, I don't think that those things are like 
you know, I don't think those things can be the only thing in your life and have it be fulfilling. I think you need like external yeah. inputs as well. And if we're talking about that, like not having to worry about income frees up so much creative energy because like I have the luxury, it's like not every single moment of my day goes towards like, you know, food, house and child, right? It's like, I do have free time and that free time can be like, it can be considered to like words like other potential money-making endeavors, but it's, it can also be like a, cr a creative time. And the more women who are around, the more female community you have, like literally you have so much more creative energy to unleash, right? And I'm like, I don't think, I don't, not to, I think handcrafts and like textile work is like wonderful and important, but like, I don't think those things have to be going into like embroidery, right? It's like that creative energy can can be directed in so many different ways. And I think that like, like I've thought this before that like what, like, like, you know, it used to be that basically women like were not in the workforce or at least didn't need to be like, they like did sometimes like part-time work but they didn't need to be working. And I'm like, maybe you need to subsidize literally half the population to not be working and basically doing like, um, like the upkeep of life and like community building. And that's like, like, what if that's what it looked like? What if it, what if basically it looked like women basically creating and crafting these like communities that kept everyone's lives like enriched and fulfilled? Right, I think and that's they, like- They already do that, like, but just strained, like extremely strained in a strained way, you know, but they're still yeah. home from work and they're like working behind the scenes. Um, oh, I have a comment and then a question. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, we had a we had a moment I think early on in our relationship where um, I sort of thought I think like a lot of people you know there's this whole culture of like oh she's nagging at me you know but mm -hmm. it's like she's nagging at me to do stuff and so then I think the idea is like how can we um, how can we screw each other over to the extent where we get the other person to do the most work at our expense is like you know a lot of men's approach when we first got together it was like a lot of people giving us marriage advice like that like she's just gonna try to screw you over like don't let her get away with that kind of stuff and it's like this very competitive mindset and i think mm -hmm. like shifting away from that totally rejecting that and thinking like i want to do the work of taking care of you because i love you and because when you're taken care of our whole family thrives and the other way around, like we're the more we take care of one another and collaborate in this project, like the better we all are together, as opposed to like, you're going to get something out of me kind of uh, attitude. Um, and then it also reminds me of the um, thing you were saying, Willow, like, uh, I think I think we're better, like what we can create, like you said, oh, I feel freedom from not having to think about income, for example, like like us, Patrick and I both working on this family thing together mm -hmm. is infinitely better than either of us trying to strive toward some version of this alone. Like it would be like 10% of what it is together, one of us trying to do it alone. Like the, the collaborative effort is just like just hugely exponentially more impactful um, toward what we can accomplish. Um, the question I have is that requires a tiny bit of backstory. The um, the uh, we're we're friends with we're we're in a, a group chat together, and we within this group chat, um, I brought up what does a Chad woman <laughs> look like, and there was a, some back and forth because we know what the Chad guy looks like, and um, 
someone in the group chat said, you know, basically there's three Chad women. There's the maiden, the mother, and the matriarch, because we have distinct phases in life. Um, and we know what the Chad maiden looks like, because that's like basically what they're telling us to be all the time. Like just stay infinitely young and uh, and like attractive and, and your goal is to be like a sex object or whatever. But I think it would be cool right now, just honoring that conversation we had offline to talk about what is a Chad mother and like a Chad matriarch, you know, older, older woman. Um, I guess Chad mother. Again, I'll go I'll go with food, prioritizes, you know, cooking, um and like nutritionally dense meals has that sort of sorted out for herself and family. Um, so that's like, that's my input. Um, I would say is respectful of scheduling. It's something I could work out, work on with some weekends, like doesn't over schedule the family, isn't trying to chauffeur the kids around, can really just be and let kids do their thing. Um, and that means absorbing some of like, you know, the, dull or we're saying a little bit of boring or mundane aspects like you know your kid wants to like read the same book like eight times they want to like jump in the puddle for two hours like you know every time that happens and if I feel myself like thinking oh I gotta do this I gotta do this like yeah there's some you have to like perpetuate the daily rhythms and sometimes that means cutting those things off but like in the moment I just try to remind myself I'm like my my daughter's not going to be this young forever she's not going to want to like jump in a puddle for two hours straight yeah. just appreciate it now you know while she's doing it um so respect schedules um let's see it's like it's hard for me to say because i feel like i've really just entered the yeah. what is it maiden mother matriarch yeah so i've just like entered the the motherhood stage um and it's like it's a little easier in some ways with easier and harder with toddlers and babies you know it's going to be different when i'm I'm planning to homeschool. So designing a homeschool curriculum, you know, what that looks like. So I feel like I don't have too much input on that uh, because I'm like not, I'm not in that stage. And that's going to be like a whole other ball game when I'm also responsible for the education of my children. Right. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, I don't know. I have a four month old. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I could speak more to this, Ashley. Well, one I, thing I, sorry, go ahead, Willa. Oh no. Oh no. Let's turn the internet off. Fuck. Okay, so Chad mother, you go and then I can um tell you when Yeah. I mean, I was just going to say like I yeah, I was just saying that I think that you kind of like have to embody um something that your kids can like you basically have to be a role model for your children and I think that there are like explicit values that you have to pass on but there's it's like I think you have to figure out how to balance um uh like you know patience and discipline and compassion and like listening like being genuinely interested in your children and like meeting them where they're you're at where they're at versus like pushing them um and like holding kind of a vision for life that they can see and um I guess fall in love with as well and I think um 
yeah, I think you like, you know, it's, I think that there's a lot, I think you have to bear a lot. Like you have to like suffer and endure a lot. You have to um, do that gracefully without like excessive complaining. Um, I think that there's, I think you're basically, and I don't know because I'm like, I, you know, I like, I have a four month old, right? It's like, <laughs> I think you, you essentially like my idea of it, perhaps that I will probably hold with me as I go forward on this parenting journey is that like, you have to, um, yeah, it's a time where you're like holding a lot, you know? And I think part of it is like figuring out how to not lose yourself while you're like basically holding everybody else's life and like being the like connector for everyone else's life you have to figure out how to like maintain yourself in that and I think that there's like so many like literary reflections of people's mothers as like remembering them as like kind of like perhaps not having appreciated what they were doing in the moment and how much they were doing but like looking back as an adult and being like wow my mom really really was the like the the link that held everything together she was the one who was like you know always there just like relentlessly loving and um showing up and like you know trying not to get frustrated while you have like everybody needing something from you all the time um and so I don't know I don't I don't know if I like 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 I don't know if I like the framing of Chad because I think that like it's I don't know. I don't know. I, I understand. I understand that. I think it's like, what, what is the like, you know, kind of platonic ideal or like, what should we be striving? What should we be striving to be? And um, yeah, those are, those are, I guess, some thoughts, but it's, uh, it's complicated. And I think it, I think like the question of, I think about this a lot, like, what is the question of like feminine virtue look like? And I don't think it's just like, you know, I think often in the like trad sphere, you see it as the like, oh, the kind of like helpless maiden who is like, oh, you know, like I need someone to sweep me off my feet and like is like subdued and kind of like sweet. And, you know, it's like, like, I don't know, there's, there's, there's some value in that, but, you know, people are individuals and they have their own, you know, unique creative spark and spirit. And I think that like honoring that while, um, while like kind of holding together everyone. And there's a sense in which like, sorry, I'll, I'll finish, but maybe <laughs> the last note, like, um, coming back to the question of like, like individuality and like making sure that you're not getting lost. Um, I think, I think it probably like, I don't know how to do it, but I think it can be done that you can, you know, carve out a life where, you know, it's easier for you to be an individual in relation to people who love you uh, than it might be in relation to like a corporation who will replace you in a day. Um, and I think that um, while, while there's like grand aspirations to kind of changing the world and like being this like revolutionary figure that I think, I do think is the kind of like underlying myth behind the like corporate thing. And it ends up, you end up working a corporate job, not like changing the world yeah. um, for the most part. Um, but I do think that there's work to be done in like loving people in your own unique way and like um, striving to be kind of the yeah, the like, the divine force of like, um, of love and motherhood. And like, yeah, I think that's going to look different for everyone, because everyone's family is different. Everyone's a different individual. And they have like, their relationships are are the defining web of their of their life. And I don't think that can look the same for anyone. And I think it's important to, to remember yeah, that. I think for me, like, uh, if I'm trying to think about the platonic side of things, like a platonic ideal, 
I really love the idea that, okay, so maybe, maybe there is a period of time where you're like young and you are a maiden and you're, you're not exactly sure um, what you need. And maybe, maybe there is something platonic about like being swept off your feet um, by like a strong masculine figure or whatever. But then I don't know, I can see, like, I can see a shift in motherhood where you like step into your power. Um, and like the strength of your, your like convictions and values can steer a whole set of people's lives and circumstances by your presence. And I think like, absolutely huge power in that. And then I think like, if we're thinking of the matriarch stage, like really pushing that to the most more extreme power, like you've got the, the, the wisdom, like you're holding people together, you know, the answers to questions they don't even know to ask Mm -hmm. you're like solving problems in advance, like, and you're you're this glue. And I think this actually really ties into a lot of my values about like informal things and illegibility where like the woman as um, like Chelsea was saying, you know, you stand there where you're, while your kid is like playing in the mud, like they're not looking at you thinking like, I really value your time for standing there while I play in this mud. But like that experience is essential for them. And it's, it's available to them as a memory for the rest of their lives, because you stood there at that time. And you yeah, just as it and valuing it, like, um, as the neo, as the neo hippies like to say, you're holding space. Yeah, you're holding space. But like you, you with your intentionality, you are like determining, like the, yeah. the way the way that your children will become what your marriage. Will yeah, be like, and that marriage is is and like I sound like some like family I don't know the family advocate like I'm some conservative from 20 years ago but like your marriage is the bedrock for like this community like a healthy marriage and a healthy family is like the bedrock for the rest of the community yeah because if your marriage is thriving you have you have life to give right you know like you can bring people in and they can like share in that love rather than like you know if you're not like if, if you're going through a tense period with your with your spouse like I think it's often the case that you like are kind of feeling more closed towards the world yeah. you don't want to be that like that grounds for community and I think that there's huge there's huge work in that um I know you have to go in one minute but uh, yeah it, it's it's uh and I think I'll just I'll just end by saying like um a, a generation of like um you know strong mothers basically like raising their kids is like you are shaping the future generation like you are the like the foundation and it's often invisible right but but it's but it's there and I think it's it's critical yeah totally okay um I gotta run we all have our uh family duties to attend to I grab the children from school the older girls um but thank you Willow um thanks um remotely to Chelsea when she listens to this in the future and um (laughs) this was awesome I'm sure just the beginning of more conversations about family and yeah all those things so thanks thank you so much Ashley all right bye bye